0: Got people on the front row today. Come on now, talk to me, talk to me, front row. (laughs) I love it, man. It's good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. I want to uh, uh, just make mention of this real quick. I know everybody's thinking about this, and we've been talking about it a lot here lately, and. Uh, whatnot, but uh, we have an opportunity today uh, as a church to do something really special, to be a part of something really special. Uh, If you're just kind of tuning in with us, uh, 24 uh, as a church, we've prayed over this and feel led to uh, be a part of starting a, a Sober Living House uh, to help folks with addiction and to minister. We would be the sponsoring church for that. They would they would be a part of our congregation, all those things. Uh, we're looking to, looking to uh, do that. And so uh, part of what's happening today is uh, our offering today, the Big Give. We do this thing called the Big Give once a year. Uh, we may be doing a couple of them this year for this we always pick something every year that we feel like God's leading us to he we feel like this is the thing right now for us to be uh, putting our money toward and so if you're giving today you're giving toward that Uh, and uh, and so uh, it's a couple hundred thousand dollar uh, you know several hundred thousand counting we're wanting to do some vans and and bus what type stuff to 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 go and do some bus ministry things in some neighborhoods here in our community too Uh, and so we're just like let's just let's just Take it on. Let's just go for it. And so, uh, it's a big, big, big task. Uh, it's a big ask. Uh, but together, collectively, we believe that over this year that we can we can do this. And so, today we're taking off the the first chunk of that. And so, uh, I want to take just a second. I want to pray anyway. I want to pray over the scripture today, and I want to pray uh, that God leads us in that. Okay. Let's let's go ahead and pray together today. Um, God, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be involved in the ministry that you've called us to, God, that you don't just do everything for us, but God, you call us into the process, oftentimes sacrifice to give from our hearts, Lord, never, never out of guilt, always with joy. God, I pray that would be true today for us as a church. Uh, God, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, uh, Lord, we have to be a part of this, and Lord, use us, and may it be for your glory and not ours. Um, God, as, uh, as you use us, Lord, hopefully to uh, to lead others to Jesus and help overcome things with new life and, that's found only in you. God, thank you for, for this day, and thank you for uh, the scriptures that we're going to read today. God, I pray that you would speak through them to us, change our hearts, help us to see you, know you more, love you more, be more like you. Um, God, all the things, Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. All right. All um, right. So this is today, so far, the largest uh, gathering of men wearing the color pink in Cheatham County history. Uh, the first service alone put us over the top. In fact, there was more in the first, I think, than this one. Uh, so I'm proud of you guys for uh, uh, not being afraid to listen to your wives. You thought I was going to say, wear the color pink. Uh, that's not what I was going to say. So, um uh, man, uh, the, the scriptures that we're going to study today are out of the book of John. If you've got a Bible with you, you can go there with me, John chapter 20. Uh, and if you don't own a Bible, our ushers will be glad to bring you a Bible today, and you can keep that. It's, it's a gift. We'd love for you to have it. Uh, I'll t- let me tell you, Let me tell you something that happened last week, last week, right here. Um, I had a couple of friends of mine that I know from, uh, the business world stuff that I deal in and, uh, great guys, a father and a son, and they travel a lot sometimes. And they were in town in Nashville with us this past week. And I know them pretty well, but we haven't had like a lot of intimate conversations or whatever. And they came last weekend and they worshiped with us. Uh, you know, they were, they weren't in town, just wanted to see me. And I was like, well, come to church. I was too busy on Saturday and they were still here on Sunday. I was like, once you guys come to church, we'll go eat lunch. And, and they're like, well, we might eat lunch. And I was like, oh, I'll just come on. And so anyway, they came to church. After church, they come up. We're standing here talking. And they said, they said, hey, we got uh, we got these Bibles. Can, is it true we can keep them? I was like, absolutely. They both had one. And I was like, absolutely. That would be fantastic. Take, take them with you. I'd love for you to have them. So we go to lunch. And uh, they're like, where are we eating lunch? I'm like, well, we're, we're going to eat Mexican because... That's all that's all we get in Cheatham County is, is we get we get we get more Mexican restaurants, right? And so it was like we're gonna go. Now the truth is, is I got seven kids, and I'm taking my seven kids to eat Mexican because they can get full on chips and salsa. So um, so we go, we go eat Mexican. We're walking in the door, and as we're walking in the door, uh, he the father looks at me and says, Hey, my son's got a lot of questions for you today. Just get ready. And I was like, I'm thinking he, this is gonna be about like business world stuff that we deal in and uh, whatnot. And, and we get there, and we we sit down, and, and I was like, all right, what kind of what kind of questions you got for me? And uh, and his dad looks at me, and he says, Chris, you know we're Jewish, right? I was like, nope, we never covered that. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I, I was like, well, cool. I was like, what uh, what you got? And his son looks at me. First question, he said, why don't we believe that Jesus is our Savior? And I was like, well, I did my job today. Um, and I, was, I just looked at him and I said, Jay, that is a fantastic question to ask. I said, as a matter of fact, I think that's the most important question you can ask. Today, we're looking at that. Uh, today, we're talking about that. In fact, we're talking about... Uh, unfinished business and finished business and, and some of these kinds of things I don't know if you're like me you might have unfinished business around your house uh, home improvement projects that got so far you know you know how that is like we get I don't know if you're like me but I got like home improvement projects that like you can find pieces to things that screw in and bolt onto things of my house just in the kitchen drawers that I'm just at this point I'm like I don't even remember what that went to but I know, We didn't finish what it was that it went to, and maybe one day we will, I don't know. Um, You know, not to mention the project cars and all the things, I mean, just the vast majority of things that I've got in my life that need to be finished. Uh, You know, this passage today brings about something being finished. In fact, Jesus said on the cross, right before he breathed his last, it is finished. And, you know, I, I love that. And the truth is, is that he's still going to, like, he, and, you know, to Jesus, he's like, this is done like he already knows the future it is done. And he's going to finish it when he comes back from the grave three days later, which is what we get to study on today. In fact, we're going to this book of John, chapter 20. Uh, I normally, normally share the Easter message out of the Matthew account of uh, the resurrection. And honestly... I love the Matthew account, and one of the things I love about the Matthew account is it's so theatrical, like it's so dramatic, not that the others aren't, but like in the Matthew account, we see more of like, you know, there's like a storm, there's lightning and all this stuff, and you know, the angels come down and we see like them being the ones like rolling the stone away, and then like the angel like sits on the stone to be kind of like, bam, look what I did, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But we've been really kind of studying through this book of John, and I've just, I've just felt led to study through the account of the resurrection through John's eyes. And John's eyes, different, you know, it's a little different account because, again, it's a different take and what he saw and what he heard and all those things. And I want you to read this with me. Verse 1 of chapter 20 it says Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Because Peter wasn't in good shape, apparently. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there. But he did not go in. And there's probably a lot of reason for that, being afraid of, especially with tradition at that time, not wanting to desecrate the grave and all these kinds of things. They're not knowing what's going on. They're freaked out. They're, you know, what in the world? And uh, it, says, um, it says, then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb. Simon Peter's like, I don't care. I'm going give a rip. He's like, I want to know where Jesus is at. And he says, it he goes in. He, he went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead so he's having one of these moments where he's starting to put things together he's starting to go oh wait a second like i mean at first like there's total like they're totally believing and totally thinking somebody has stolen jesus's body is what's what they're thinking is happening here and then in verse 10 it says then the disciples went back to their homes so in this passage we see these We see Mary go first. She finds the empty tomb. She just sees that. She freaks and she runs back. She's got to go tell the guys. The guys come back. They're running, one of them faster than the other. Get there. Check it out. Find the linen cloths folded laying there. The interesting thing about the detail of this is, is, is purposeful. You know, it's purposeful that John... Wants us to know these details. In fact, you know, part of part of this whole like folded linen cloth is, you know, you know, because you could say, oh, you know, well, it's you know, somebody probably did just rob the grave, they just took Jesus' body. Not sure when the last time that you were around someone who got robbed, or maybe you got robbed, and then while they were at the house, they folded your laundry. It doesn't happen. That detail is there on purpose, right? And so as John goes on, we see also that he begins to believe as he starts to figure out, he starts to understand. So it's uh, it's not robbers, but also it's not the disciples. The disciples didn't take him, you know, because that was going to be the rumor that was going to be started. You know, all the disciples took him. They're, you know, going to play weekend at Bernie's or whatever, you know. And, you know, and that's not the case either because we have the folded The folded linen cloths and the disciples go back to their homes and suddenly starting to begin to put pieces of the puzzle together. But the story continues with verse 11 and it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she stopped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one At the feet. Now, where Jesus was, you know, like like it just said, Jesus isn't there right then, yet. And it says they said to her, verse thirteen, "Woman, why are you weeping?" And she said to them, "They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him." Having said this, Jesus, uh, she she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, "Woman." Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, "Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away." So Mary Magdalene's like, you know, look, uh, just just tell me, tell me where the body is. I'll go get him. Like this is something she could probably not do by herself, but she's not thinking this through, you know. And she's like, I'll go get him. I want to, you know. And basically, she wants to give him a proper burial. She's just so distraught that this would happen, thinking someone had stolen his body. And in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Rabbi," which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that He said these things to her. What an amazing passage. What an amazing passage. What a a great account of getting to hear you know, what happened between Jesus and her. Mary hears her name being called. I don't know if you're like me, like when you're growing up, and, you know, maybe some of you are still growing up. I think you are. I think most of you are last time I checked. Uh, you know, but your parents, you know, if they called your name, and sometimes they'd, like, call your name. It'd be like, you know, I'd hear, like, hey, Chris, you know, can you, you know. And that's, like, normal. But then if I heard David Christopher, then it was like, oh, hmm. We're about to get into it. We're about to roll, right? Mary knew his voice as soon as he said her name. Mary. And she's like, it's Jesus. She turned to him and said in Aramaic, "Rabbi," which it says here means teacher, you also could be translated, my dear Lord. My dear Lord. You know, it's it's a crazy scene. I mean, think about this scene. Think about how crazy this is. Jesus, they just watched Jesus be brutally murdered on the cross and put in this tomb. And not only that, if you take the other gospel accounts, we know that the government actually got involved, sent a group of soldiers to basically seal the tomb once he was buried and to stand by the tomb so that no one would steal the body you know so then we got the you know the matthew account with the lightning and all that stuff and the angels coming down rolling the thing and sitting on the stone the like the soldiers like laying there it says like dead men and all this kind of stuff It didn't kill them but it's you know they're knocked out or something and uh you know and and here you know all of a sudden Here's Mary, she's back at the tomb, she's come now again after going and telling everybody and this time she's come back and the boys have already run home and she goes into, she's looking into the tomb and she sees two angels sitting there, which are like soldiers, okay? We're not talking about precious moments here, you know? Like amazing soldier type people that are angels because that's what angels are these angels are sitting where Jesus was. And they're, you know, she starts having a conversation, like we're just hanging out and talking and past the chips and all this kind of stuff, you know, about where is Jesus, you know, kind of deal. And they're like, hey, girl, chill out, you know. And then all of a sudden she hears a voice from behind. She thinks it's the gardener, you know. And suddenly she thinks the gardener's done it, you know. It's like, oh, what did you do with the body? It's like the game Clue all of a sudden. And she turns around. She's like, just tell me where he's at. I'll go get him. And then he says her name. And i got to tell you, when I think about going to be with the Lord, the thing I think that sticks out to me the most that I can't wait for is to hear him say my name above everything else i have all the questions like everybody else i've got all these things i'm wondering about i want to know what it's looking like i want to know you know is this like you know heaven is is it earth like you know redone is it you know rest rest, rest, restored everything you know i'm just so curious about all these things but but to get to hear jesus say your name hmm And then she says to him, "Rabbi, my dear Lord, my teacher. And then Jesus Jesus goes into this thing. At this point, we can assume that Mary has like fallen down on the ground and is grabbing a hold of his feet, okay? And, And with this, you know, we've got Jesus saying to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go and tell my go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father. You know, and so it's like this, what, what is Jesus talking about here? Is he, is he being like, girl, get off of me, you know? No, no it's, not, it's not that. He's, he's saying, hey, you don't have to hold me down here. I'm not leaving yet. I'm going to, I'm going to ascend to the Father. That's not happening now. That's going to happen later. And then she uh, she goes back to the disciples, and I'm just imagining like Mary showing up, and the disciples are hanging out. And I'm guessing at this point, you know, we don't have the other guys with them yet or something. I, I don't. I don't. Who knows how this all really plays out? But anyway, she shows up and she's like, "I have seen the Lord," and I'm just thinking like because I've seen these disciples in action for like three years at this point, you know. And I'm just thinking, I know how they're reacting. They're like. Mary, won't you have a seat? Let's let us get you something to drink. Have you eaten today? It's probably you have got a lot on you, Mary. Like let's just have a moment here, you know. But that's not it. And it goes on in verse nineteen. It says this. It says. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. They're held up. They're held up and like trying to hide, okay? And Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you as the as the Father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. Peace be with you. Jesus shows up in a room that's locked. Again, we have details here. The details are important because John wants us to understand that Jesus didn't come and knock on the door and be like, housekeeping. You know? He's like, just shows up in the locked room. You know, this is our worst nightmare. This is the thing that we dread that could possibly happen in our own homes in the middle of the night. I want you to put yourself there for just a moment and think about you heard something in your living room and all of a sudden you've decided you've got to get up and go check and see what it is. And you walk in the living room and there's a stranger standing in your living room. And you're looking at that person and they're looking at you and they go peace be with you and you're like i don't think so (laughs) i mean tell me the disciples weren't probably reacting that way but that's why jesus said what he's saying he's like peace be with you guys we're all cool it's all good remember me i'm jesus right we spent a good while here together and then he shows him his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He realizes the whole situation. He knows why they're in a locked room. He knows they're scared to death for their life. He knows that, he knows that he's like, you know, hey, you guys, it's okay. Let's chill, chill out. It's okay. Peace be with you. As a matter of fact, you're not going to stay here because as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And so he says it again. Peace be with you. Because <laughs> he's like, I know you all going to be freaked out when I'm about to tell you. But you don't get to stay and hide. I'm going to send you out. unfinished business unfinished business one of my favorite one of my favorite athletes of all time maybe my favorite athlete of all time Bo Jackson talk to me about Bo Jackson man that dude was amazing you know to get to grow up and see somebody like that play ball I don't know I don't know what I feel like I got to grow up in a special time to see athletes get to see got to see Bo got to see MJ you know all, you know, just amazing, an amazing time in sports. Bo Jackson, if you, for those of you that missed the 80s and the 90s, Bo Jackson would, you know, he play, you know, like, you know, center field, whatever. The man would run up on the wall and catch balls and then just run right back down like that was normal, you know? He'd, like, take, you know, baseball bats and, like, break them between his fingers and stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. See the 30 for 30. It's all true. Bo was one of those people that, like, he got, he got injured, he got hurt playing football for the Raiders, which was, like, his, like, side thing. While he was really wanting to play baseball, he, like, played some football, you know. He talked about it like he was playing golf, okay, literally. That's the way Bo looked at it. And so uh, he, gets, he gets injured, puts him out, hurts him bad. He tries to continue to play baseball. It just doesn't work out, and it, and it ends up ending his career. And so you're left, like, constantly, like the rest of time, going, like, what if Bo hadn't gotten hurt? What, what kind of records might he have set? What other amazing things might we have seen this guy do? And it reminds me of a guy that I, I, I went and saw many years ago was going to pick up a couple machines, me and one of the guys from church for uh, the business. And um, we get to this guy's house, other side of Nashville. Guy walks out, tall, athletic-looking dude, you know, real nice guy. And he's like, yeah, the machines are in here. and We go in the house. And I was like, okay, where are they? he's like, they're downstairs. I was like, oh, okay, you want me to pull around back or something? He's like, no, no, it's like muddy back there. You, you get stuck. You won't be able to do that. We'll have to bring them upstairs. And I'm thinking, great. I love doing that, you know. But then he goes, but, hey, it's cool, though, because I got an elevator. And I was like, what? You got a what? And he said, I got an elevator. I was like, are you joking with me right now? And he's like, no, no, for real. Like, I took him down there in the elevator, and we can bring them up in the elevator. I was like, I want to see this elevator. Like, now I don't even care about the machines. I'm like, show me the elevator. And so I was like, can we ride it down? He's like, sure, you know, so we ride the elevator down, you know, all the way down one flight of stairs, you know. <laughs> So we get down there and go around, we look at the machines, whatever, and I come back around to the elevator, when I come back, right there on the wall, next to the elevator was this, in a shadow box like this, this baseball jersey, it's like, you know, like perfectly mounted in this thing, like really nicely presented, and I'm just like, immediately like the baseball guy, I mean, he's like, what's going on right here, what is this about, you know, and it's, you know, and so... You know, we, we start loading stuff, and, and as we're kind of chumming it up or whatever, finally I see my, see my opportunity, and I was like, hey, uh, what's, the, what's the deal with the baseball jersey? And he's like, oh, that was, that was my jersey. And I was like, your jersey, like, you're a big Rangers fan? And he's like, no, no, I was a pitcher for the Rangers. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's next level. And so we're sitting there talking. I was like, so, you know, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me what that was he's like. Well, it was short-lived. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, do you remember in 1990 when they had the walkout, they had the, the strike, the baseball player strike, you know? I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I totally remember that. And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, I was in the minors. He said, I played several years in the minors, had you know, a pretty decent career. And he said, and then, you know, at, the, you know, at this point, in that, in the walkout, in the strike, you know, Major League Baseball was, you know, I guess given the uh, the teams the okay to like start calling up minor league players that were willing to play when the major league players were like, well, we're not playing until you give us more money, and so um, he said, well, I got the call, and I'm supposed to go play, and I was like, whoa, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. So I show up, go to Texas, you know, and uh, you know, I'm there in the clubhouse, and we get all dressed out. And, He's like, I'm I'm about to go out and make my debut Major League pitching appearance starting the game. He said, and then we got a phone call. And the strike was over. He said, and all the players started showing up. Started getting dressed out. He said, the rest of us kind of like looking at each other like, what are we doing? They come in the clubhouse and they said, hey guys, thank you all for coming. You know, you get to keep your jerseys. Go home. And I'm like, dude, I was like, that's you're you're like Moonlight Graham from Field of Dreams, you know? I'm like, I'm like, you, like you. I was like, and so then I had to ask the, the 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 question that Ray asked Moonlight Graham in the movie. I was like, well, I mean, you got to tell me, like, what was it like to be so close to your dreams, like right there in front of you, you know? Like, I'm, you know, whatever. And he's and he's like, you know, he was like, in that moment, it's a little devastating. He's like, but you know what? He said, as time passed, I realized that I was blessed with being told to go home that day. Because at that point I realized, you know what? My family's what's important. I'm going to go home and be with them. And that's where I needed to be. That's where I needed to spend my time. I think for so many of us, we get to these places in life where we feel like we've got something that's not finished. Jesus came and He did something. He set an example. We saw the perfect man who was man, fully man, but yet also fully God, the Son of God, come and give His life on the cross. Why? John 20, 30 talks about why. In fact, John actually gives us the reason He penned the Gospel of John. Right here, verse 30. It says this. It says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, which I think is awesome. Another, another detail, also, honestly, where John's like, there's a lot more. I didn't write it all down. I'm not giving you everything. I'm giving you the highlights here. You know? Which is awesome to think. There's so much more that we don't know about, you know, what Christ did while He was here. But then he goes on he says, but these, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that by believing that you may have life in His name. That you may have life in His name. It's funny how we tend to think that our life is what we make it in the things that we do in life. And the truth is, is that our life really is in Christ it's in believing in him trusting in him and what he can do through us new life Jesus brings new life we need new life we're all sinners we all need a savior we all need new life it's why we believe as a church that we can do something and be a part of a solution instead of just doing nothing that we can be a part of a solution in doing something like a sober living house. Because the model of that sober living house isn't just, hey, we want to help you. It's, hey, we have what is new life, which is the first step in overcoming any of the struggles that we have in this life. Romans 5.6 says this, It says, for while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God has His timing, and He didn't come to die for the perfect. Got any perfect people in your life? You perfect? Good luck with that. None of us are perfect. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But God loved us so much that He sent His Son to die. That if we believe in Him, we could have life. Right? And That's new life here. And an eternal life one day with the Lord. And and I, I just gotta say to you today, today you can choose to believe. In fact, Scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts when we begin to realize that we're sinners and that we need a Savior, and we start to feel that conviction in our hearts. That's from the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today, I've got to encourage you, I've got, I've got to tell you run, run to the Lord, run to Jesus, believe in him trust in Him. And the truth is is that we're responding one way or another today. You're responding one way or another today. I'm responding one way or another today. We choose to believe or we choose to not believe. But if we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, believing in Him means that we have life in His name. A new life. Whole life. New life. So I ask you the question that Mary came and proclaimed to the disciples that day Have you seen the Lord? Have you found peace in Christ? Will you call him by name? Will he call you by name one day? Have you believed in him? been given new life, you can. You totally can. Today, you don't have to leave with unfinished business because it is finished. Jesus has done what we needed to trust in him, believe in him to save us from our sin. It is finished and it can be in your life too. And if you want to talk to somebody about what it means to know Jesus as your Savior today, pray with somebody. I'm going to the foyer as soon as I walk off this platform. Would love for you to join me. Let's pray together. God, we thank You that it didn't stop with the cross. We thank You we thank you that our Savior has risen. We thank you that He defeated death on our behalf, that He did what we couldn't do. God, and that you offer your grace to us. God, it is by your grace that we are saved today, not what we can do ourselves. Father, we trust in that. We trust in you, we believe in you, and God, we ask, Lord, today, that you would save that You would work in the hearts of anyone that has never believed believed in You until today. Lord, do that work in them today. Lead them to You. Bring them to You. Show them Your love for them. God, finish what You started in them today. God, we trust in You. and We ask all this today in Your Son, in His name. Amen.